What's going on, everybody? It's time for the first Tim Donnelly Show Presents Movie Night. We should actually, we should have Big Nate's name in the title this time. Featuring Feature, Big featuring Nate. Featuring Big Nate. I, it might need to be more prominently display, displayed than that, but uh, basically, I'm Tim Donnelly. Big Nate's with me. We're talking movies. Uh, this this podcast is going to give us a chance to stray outside the sports world a bit. If you listen to the Tim Donnelly show, you know that I'm always referencing movies, that I'm always equating movies, always working it back in. And, and luckily, I found out that Nate is also, uh, Big Nate is also a big movie guy. Big, big movie true. guy, Nate. Big movie guy, Nate. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's what my business card says, believe it or not. <laughs> big movie guy, Nate. So uh, basically, we're going to take movies that come out, um, whether they drop on streaming services, whether they drop at the theater, whether they drop, um, I don't know, award season, blockbuster season, no matter what it is. Um, and we're going to take you through a couple categories, take you through a couple things, and, and give you uh, the ins and outs on the movie. I guess we should start with a gigantic spoiler alert. Yeah, there's, there's going to be spoilers. There's no way to do this without it. Okay, so gigantic spoiler alert. The first movie we're going to do is Outlaw King featuring Chris Pine. It's a Netflix movie dropped this past week, like three or four days ago. Um, huge budget, big kind of blockbustery movie, even though it didn't go out in theaters. It was a Netflix movie. Um, so, so it's the Outlaw King, and it's the first Tim Donnelly Show Presents movie night, so super stoked about it. Uh, let's get our, our initial thoughts out of the way. What, when you were watching the movie, and I know we both watched it with our wives, uh, what was what was the conversation? Okay, so the biggest focus is in our house. Firstly, the first nine minutes of the movie is one continuous track shot. And Cindy, my wife, says to me, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> well, actually, I, can, can I step in and correct you real quick? Okay. Because the, the movie actually started with one of my biggest pet peeves in movies, which is title slides. I hate having to learn and, and need backstory. If, you, yep. if, if your storytelling isn't good enough that you can jump into a story and I can go, okay, that's the protagonist, that's the antagonist, okay, that's the, uh, you know, the, the, the warrior, that's this one, that's that one, which I think the movie, I don't think it needed the, no. the year 1304, King Edward is. And that problem comes back again at the end as well. See, I don't mind him at the end. Oh, I think that's the Espe- biggest cop out. Especially true stories, I enjoy like like the end of Coach Carter when they're like, this guy goes to play basketball here. This guy want, broke the scoring record here. I don't mind it at the end because sometimes you want to know how it, how it goes. And I think it's actually even funnier in fictional movies. Best one of all time is uh, uh, Animal House, where you, yeah. where you learn that Blutarski goes on to be a senator. And you, you like... I don't, I don't mind the post-titles. I mind the pre-titles. Because when I'm settling into a movie, I don't want to immediately go like, oh, no. If I, for, if I forgot what's on slide number two, am I not going to get what happens in act number two? Well, then how do you feel about Star Wars doing that? I mean... Because that's iconic. Obviously, there's exceptions they to get ev- a pass? I mean, uh, and, and they did it at a time when everyone was... If you do something first, I'm cool with it. Okay. If you, if you innovate something... Then I'm then I'm cool with it. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example here. It's uh, I, see now I'm gonna, I, I host a sports show and I equate everything back to movies. Now I'm going to be hosting a movie podcast. I'm going to be equating everything back to sports, which just doesn't make any sense. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to stray from that a- analogy right there and just say if you do if you are the innovator and everyone else is copying you, then I don't think I like that doesn't cheapen your like, product. It cheapens I, theirs. I've I've defended the Beastie Boys recently. 
to someone who didn't like the Beastie Boys because they said, oh, there's three guys, one person's going to say the line, and then all three of them are going to scream the last word, right? And they'd all jump in. I was like, well, at the time, that was that was innovative. At the time, so I'm fine with, with the Star Wars doing it because now that everyone else has cheapened it doesn't mean when Star Wars did it, it wasn't awesome. So don't drag me into on the, the first 10 minutes of our first podcast bashing Star Wars. That wasn't that's, me trying to drag you. That was not, genuinely me asking the question. And I think a, I think we've learned a compelling point about Tim. That's not that's not how you, you endear yourself to a movie crowd. Seven minutes in, I've officially Star Wars tr- trashed Star Wars and compared them to the Beastie Boys. That's what you're gonna get here here on the uh here on, on the uh the movie night podcast. Um okay so tracking shot she felt sick. Let's let's look at more more over like hmm. let's look at your more overarching like what was your opinion of the movie outside of individual facts like that because i think some of these categories are going to get us to talking about the individual facts like whether or not i enjoyed it thought it was good yes yeah. I, w- I wouldn't say it was a fun watch <laughs> um kind of like i wouldn't say schindler's list is a fun watch but i would say it it there's it's a difference between fun and good. It's definitely important if you want to learn something and don't want to crack cool. open a history textbook. Fun and quality. I'd say it's a quality film. Uh, we'll, we'll rate it later. Um, I'm super excited to get in some of these categories, so let's let's do that. Um, five S's to movie success. All right? We'll, we'll break them down like that. Uh, if you listen to the Tim Donnelly Show, we do the five S's of fantasy success. We're doing the five S's of movie success, uh, which are five elements that I think every good movie needs. And... Um, and like the answers are already there, but we kind of say if it's good or bad. So, for example, the first S is star. I don't think there's a debate on this one that the star of this movie is Chris Pine. He is Robert the Bruce. He is the the, the person who's in the most scenes, has the most lines, carries the most weight, uh, comes into the movie with the most clout on his name, being one of the the Marvel superhero or not even Marvel superhero Chris's. Um, so, Chris Pine. How did, how did Chris do? How did Mr. Pine do? And I know, and I should say, we've learned about me. We now get to learn about Nate going into the movie. Uh, one, one of your points of concern was, was that Chris Pine. Oh, Pine God, was the guy. not a big Chris Pine fan. Uh, last great movie I saw with him was Bottle Shock, in my opinion. Although, then he was pretty good as Captain Kirk. I'll, I'll give him Kirk. Wonder Woman was a great Trek. movie, although he wasn't the driving force. That being said, Chris Pine actually pretty good for a uh, historical drama. I, I'm going to call it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that happened in the 1300s. So, how accurate the records actually are, who knows? But it, it was accurate to the records. Yeah, I, to to a certain extent. There, there were only a couple of points with historical accuracy, but Chris Pine did a great job as Robert Bruce. I thought. Um, what do you think of the accent? It was. Ba- I, I've heard re- like I'm thinking in particular ridiculous accents. James Hardy or as Bane. Oh, yeah, so right. like that's my metric for that's a bad accent. Uh, His Scottish was fairly all I, right, but we also like from the 1300s to now accents have changed. So we we don't we don't we know have no idea but exactly what it sounded like. I think when I think he felt the value of some moments when there were giant moments, right? When he was making a monologue, when he was talking to the the troops, when when he knew he he was on. I think sometimes when he was just like having a conversation with one of his guys and he just kind of phoning it in, he kind of fell into like, this is what Chris Pine sounds like. Like but it could be Chris Pine in generic rom-com with Reese Witherspoon. A. He also shouldn't. I, I've noticed this in a lot of movies. 
people talking in accents and people shouting or screaming in accents, <laughs> very different things. There was a moment where like he, he went to like vocally project and scream and it's his accent kind of just fell apart. All right, so I'm giving I'm like if we were giving a, a letter grade, I'd give him a B minus. I'd give him a B. B. All right, you're a little bit higher. Um the next S to fantasy success is story, which is uh, essentially plot line, it is synopsis, it is whatever you want to call it, but, but we're calling it story. Um, I thought there was a lot going on. I thought it was crazy elaborate. I thought it was based on truth, which is to me um, kind of a cop-out. I, I can't tell you how many movies I've come out going, you know, if it didn't say at the beginning based on a true story, I would say that is ridiculous and could never happen. But because it was based on a story, we kind of give him a pass. So I think he kind of gets that pass, or the you know the movie gets the pass for that one. Yeah, uh, that was kind of what I was thinking when watching it was, how how do, how do we really rate the story? Because this is history. <laughs> I mean, I mean it that sucks. Been, don't let truth get in the way of a good story is, is how, like, it, like, I know a lot of true stories. Like, when I'm choosing to tell a story on this podcast, we, everyone that has a story to tell could pick from a billion different stories in their life, but you pick the good ones. I'm not going to tell you about the day I woke up, ate breakfast, came to work, ate lunch, kept working, hosted the show, went home, went to sleep. That's a really boring story. Um, but I will tell you about the day when uh, the car broke down on the way and it was raining or whatever the good story is. I'm going to tell you that story. So they chose this story. Yes, it's a true story, but we have to judge their decision, right? Yeah, and I think, I think it's a good choice. It's kind of... I mean, should we address the elephant in the room right now? That it's essentially a uh, Braveheart that, sequel. That it's the same characters, same era, same accents, just without face paint. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> essentially a Braveheart sequel. And that, that, I mean, William Wallace is mentioned a billion times. There's a deleted scene where uh, Robert Bruce encounters William Wallace in the woods before. Uh, I I didn't I didn't know that. Did you Did Wallace. you watch the deleted scene? No, I mean, okay. I can't find it okay. anyway. I was just um, researching the movie, and I found well, that. I can, like, I can tell you 100% reason why they cut that out, and I didn't know that that was cut out until just now because it wasn't Mel Gibson, and they wanted, yep. they wanted everyone to believe that it's, it, it may not be a direct sequel, but it's in the same universe, and you can't recast in the same universe. They wanted us to believe that that head on the stake, right, that was William Wallace, and like we said, spoiler alert, um, they never really give you enough time to focus in on that head. They're, they're panning shots. I was, you, you read the sign, it says William Wallace, and you're off. Well, that moment when his arm his is arm, like, could posted that be? up in the middle of the village, I was hoping so much because I knew at that point, I knew what happened to William Wallace. I knew he yeah. was drawn and quartered and all of his body parts were displayed. I was so hoping in my heart, in the deepest part of my heart, I was hoping – they used Mel Gibson's arm. That, that's what they, they wanted they, you to believe. They wanted you to have that be, conversation. They're going to cut to the London Bridge, and it's going to be Mel Gibson's head. Please, please. And I was kind of disappointed when it didn't happen. I'm try- <laughs> it's, it's exactly true. I'm trying to think of another historical movie where we could do a spiritual sequel. I'm trying to think of a, a period piece. Um, like if they did Gangs of New York 2, and it was later on in New York, and they didn't pay for Leo, so they just made generic generic Leo-like references to Amsterdam Valent, it would be hilarious. The ca- the character is just off somewhere else. He we just, we yeah, talk about left. him a lot, but he's not actually oh, When here. Amsterdam Valent comes back to the five points. And then he never and he, shows up. He's out at sea. I don't know. He's been gone for a while. 
<laughs> we should send somebody to look for them. Where are the dead rabbits? Um, so story uh, giving a grade uh, B just because it's true. I gave it an A minus. Ooh. And because it's true, and you like true, true stuff. Yeah, exactly. I tend and, to be a history buff, and it. Did you did you know I, a lot about a this minus, story beforehand? Did you yeah. know a lot about Robert the Bruce? It gets a minus because there were some things they changed in the timeline that for for dramatic effect that ultimately doesn't really affect the plot a whole bunch. Well, I'm sorry, it doesn't affect the history of the matter a whole bunch, but it affects the plot. So they took a couple liberties there that uh, yes, get I, it that I, minus. Well, uh, the one you you pointed out off air, and I didn't know this was King Edward didn't die before the fight. He or the big battle. He yeah, died he after. was he was at Loudon Hill. King Edward the second was not at the Battle of Loudon Hill. And that's the prince. Is that Prince Bolcut? Prince of Wales. Yeah, Prince Bolcut. Oh, gosh. let's forever so, call him Prince Bolcut. So Prince Bolcut wasn't there. He was not at the Battle of Loudon Hill. Oh, I didn't see that. That, but it, like I recently watched the the Freddie Mercury movie, the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and it turns out that. You know, from doing research, and my wife is a big Queen fan, so I kind of knew this. He didn't tell the band members that he had AIDS before the Live Aid performance. And in the movie, that's like the motivation for them putting on the biggest stadium rock concert of like being the best performance ever. Um, So, so like just moving something up a couple months, or or like with King Edward moving his death a couple years or months or whatever, changes a lot. So I'm. I'm downgrading it to a C. If they, if they, okay. If they, if they had killed, <laughs> my biggest point there, if they had killed Prince of Wales, King Edward II, if they had killed him at the Battle of Loudon Prince Hill, Bolcott. Like, all right, that's not even possible. That would have immediately like downgraded. They but let the him fact walk that, home. Let him walk home, and for dramatic effect, I'm willing to suspend the disbelief there. And it, it, it made Robert the me. Bruce seem seem merciful, letting him walk away because they could have chopped his yep. head off. Uh, second fiddle, which is which is every movie needs a star. Every movie needs something else, whether it's uh, you know a, 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 an ensemble, another person, another basically something else. A great soundtrack. They need a second fiddle uh, to kind of finish in second place in the movie. What was your second fiddle? I'm gonna have to go. It, it was hard for me because that was another thing I was thinking about the entire time I'm watching it. Is it's a pretty large cast. There's a lot of people Gigantic. who are very important to the story. You've, of course, got uh, Robert Bruce's wife. The, You've got the child. Yeah. Okay. That was the first thing. I get that those are the times. And <laughs> Cindy said to me, what, is she 16? If, I'm like, yeah, probably. It felt awkward during some of those more intimate scenes. It was like, oh, goodness. Yeah. It, like, he has a seven-year-old daughter, and she is, like, more big sister to the daughter than stepwife or, step- or stepmom. <laughs> The one that really stood out to me, though, by the end of the movie... I hope you're going the same place I am. Black Douglas? Yes! Mr. James Douglas. Douglas! He just shouts his last name. Like, I'm pretty sure... I mean, there's There's not a single fight where that guy doesn't end up coated in blood. I'm pretty sure he was suffering from neurosyphilis. He had a little bit of uh, Inigo Montoya. Montoya. He had a little bit of that vibe with kind of the curly black hair. But then he just became a freaking killer. Yeah, he was uh, he was impressive, and like and 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 we'll talk about this later. But I had a hard time following who was who in a lot of the fight scenes. I never doubted who Douglas was because he was always stabbing someone. Eyes. And he always looked like he was enjoying it while being intense. Great job with the eyes and the facial expressions mid battle. Oh, and and even how he came into the story where he you know he 
kind of they said he showed balls and he came to ask for his land back from the king didn't get it and then was found on the middle of some tracks somewhere yeah they kind of like back door put him in but it, it was awesome oh and then he became a beast so second fiddle douglas i'm giving him an a yeah definitely an a it, like I want to see. I want the spiritual sequel to this one. If the spiritual sequel of, of of Braveheart is Robert the Bruce, I want the spiritual sequel of this one to Black be Black Douglas. Douglas to yes, be all about Douglas. All I, I'm I'm all in on that movie. And you got to um, get the same actor because he did a fantastic yeah, same actor, job. Yeah, and and uh, have have Robert the Bruce's head everywhere. Be Chris Pine. Um, surprise! Every good movie to me has a surprise, and I'm going to be honest. It, the surprise could be. Oh, I didn't know that comedy actor could play drama. The surprise could be, oh, I didn't know uh, that true story broke that way. It could be a, a big plot twist like M. Night Shyamalan. There's a million different surprises, but there has to be something that you didn't expect when you saw the trailer when you watched the movie. I'm just going to come out with this one. I wasn't surprised by anything. I was surprised with the uh, kid dying who had the crown. Oh, ah, now see, you... That's like the Mar- that's the Marley kinda, and me rule. That's the Marley and me rule. They're gonna make you fall in love with something young and precious, then they're gonna take it away from you. Yeah, I mean, there there was a lot of that going on, but I mean, it was the thirteen hundreds. Pure manipulation. The first Scottish the, War the for only, independence. The only moment I like gasped or like opened my mouth and went like, "Wow." Was when Robert the Bruce stabbed the guy, the the um his rival that claimed the throne in the church. Okay. So we're going to take a little bit of a side road here, and this is me watching movies. And, and, and usually I, I don't get fired up and shout at the screen. Usually I'm pretty calm moviegoer because I'm trying to take in the experience. But the whole time that Komen was talking, like, stab him, stab him, kill him. He's going to betray you, kill him. And then knife, right? I'm like, yes, thank well, you, thank you. Maybe, maybe I'm the only dummy then because I went like, wow, and Man- Mandy, my wife, went, you knew that was coming, and I was like, "I, yeah, yeah, yeah." I knew it was coming. I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea that he was about to stab him because I thought they really needed each other to go up against King Edward. No, Cumin was a snake. One of one of the crazier parts about that movie is they had just lost a war with King Edward. They, so let's uh, do to, it again to the point where they had to bend at the knee and kiss his hand and you know pledge their fealty and then like six months later they're like oh let's do it again and this time they win yeah i mean it was bold and i guess it might be a true story which is why we have to accept it but like i like if someone wrote that script i wouldn't believe it i'd be like okay so what's the what's the ignition moment that kind of kicks things off right at the beginning well they just lost a war so they're all pledging their allegiance to this guy okay and then what changes I don't know, a couple months later, they try again. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> because they, they don't want to pay taxes. Which is, which is fair. It, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> that like what? It's one of those scenarios where history definitely repeats itself because there were moments where I saw both sides of the war for American independence. Like, like the Revolutionary like War? That, uh, the ambush on Methvin. I was like, wow, classic American move. Yeah, and, and the whole, like, we don't have enough bodies. I, I'm a giant... Revolutionary War fan, giant George Washington fan, know a lot about him, read a lot about him. There, there is some of that, like, okay, we know we're not going to overpower them. Like, let's switch to the zone defense. Yep. Like, let's figure out a way that we can at least confuse them. Guerrilla warfare, Minutemen, all that nonsense. And those are the best, like, I, I think those are the most interesting stories from history. And I think yes. that's why this makes such a 
It's like the first one, right? It's the first one in recorded history. Yeah, because it it, it shows you the strategic mind behind it, and you assume, like, you know, back in the 1300s, they didn't have technology and have all this, so probably dumber people, but, man, Robert Bruce, brilliant human being. Ferocious. Definitely. Ruthless. But brilliant. Like, it takes a movie like this for us to absolutely root for and, like, feel bad when his daughter is taken away. A guy that we witnessed murder like 35 people. <laughs> like we saw on, like he was, had a sword, had whatever he could find, and he was just swinging that bad boy around, killing horses, killing people. And, and, and when he reunited with his wife at the end of the movie, who was 20 years younger than him, I was like, good for them. In actuality, she only would have been like 10 years younger than him. He was... Robert the Bruce at the time of the Battle of Loudon Hill was late twenties, early thirties. Okay, I was guessing he was mid thirties. That made him look like he was in his forties. We'll talk about his appearance in a second when we get to Frankenstein in the movie. Uh, scenery, uh, which is always kind of a cool thing. It, it, I mean, I think in this one it plays a huge role. I hate the cliche. New York was a character in the rom com, but in this one. I mean, Scotland literally was a character. Part of the reason they won was because we know the land and they don't. Yeah, I mean... We'll be willing to get dirty. Bringing in the bog uh, and actually like finding a pretty accurate representation of what it was like was well done. Do we know where it was filmed? No, but we should find out. I'm guessing it's like Vancouver or something and it's going to ruin everything for me. It's going to be filmed in like South Carolina. But to me, it, like the the span, the panning shots when they're walking or when they're uh, hiking from battle to, oh my to safe God. spot. Vancouver filming took place in Scotland and England. Let's go because I was going to say it looked real and it, it was going to rip the carpet out from under me if if it was filmed in Vancouver. Nope, it was so, filmed in gosh, Scotland and England. Netflix just got money, man. Every, Killing it. Every other production would have ch- found a way to do that in a Vancouver, Canada, where it's cheaper to shoot. Yeah, where it's cheaper to shoot, they'd get it. tax breaks. Instead, they wow. went to Scotland. You know, the only way we're going to tell this story is if we just go, go there. there. Be, like we, we might have we, to kill some real horses. We, we, we need. It's like uh, it's like the the Denzel speech from Remember the Titans on this very soil, bloodshed. It's it, they they needed to be on the land where Robert the Bruce fought, the land that he fought for. Credit to them, man. Netflix step in their game. Also, up. Scotland and England are kind of beautiful. Yes, no, Scotland is like, and the, the, like the borderlands are unbelievable when they're on like. Walking the trail to... Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I was like, man, I want to go there and walk again, this same trail. Just to use another sports reference, like the golf courses in Scotland are unbelievably beautiful, and you can just see see forever just rolling green hills and marsh and swamp and moss and rolling green hills. It's awesome. That scene at the end at the beach, I was like, man, that's a beautiful beach. I'm sure the water's cold <laughs> as hell, but <laughs> yeah, that, that, it looks they're, awesome. They're running on the beach in like sweaters and long pants, but still... Um, so that's a, the the star, Chris Pine. The story, we gave a, a, a C. Second fiddle, of course, Douglas. Surprise, I didn't really get one. I didn't get one either. Okay. I mean, so, that's so null that, and void. Yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, it, it's it, history. It, it needs one. It, it needed something. If, the, if there was a they surprise. They needed to cast like uh, like Michael Sarah as Black Douglas or something. <laughs> they, they, they needed to surprise me somewhere or have Chris Pine sing a song. I don't know. Uh, and then the scenery I thought was gorgeous. I thought it was uh, really – I mean, obviously, they went to the place. You can't do better than that. If you were Highest given grade the scenery, possible. you're great. Yeah, I gave it an A+. Plus. Hi- Highest grade possible because – Phenomenal. If, if you're trying to mimic Scotland 
and you're in Scotland, I don't think I can tear you down for that. No. There I mean, wasn't it wasn't crazy CGI, wasn't anything that that brought me out of that world. I think and there were a couple of scenes that was super relevant. I think they used a lot of practical effects as opposed yeah, to yeah, CGI. Yeah. Like I I'm certain they weren't killing real horses, but like <laughs> When, uh, but like the the explosion, when they the pops and or the I'm thinking particularly when they eviscerate his brother Neil. Ooh, first of all, his brothers did not fare well in this movie. No. Well, well, the gore, the gore was real. The only thing that I can think of that was like dramatically, obviously fake was when they tested that giant catapult at the beginning. Yeah, that seemed when, seemed kind of unnecessary. Probably not burning. It out. was just like we're Netflix and we have a giant budget and we want to put some cool special effects right here like they weren't even like like there was no reason to they were just oh it spent like he even said the guy the king edward it yeah. spent it spent three months to build might as well see what it can do like that's netflix saying we had 30 million left over and a bunch of special effects guys that were on retainer uh we want to see what they can do like that but the scenery is still a plus i i'm not i'm not gonna nitpick on, <laughs> on um i want to frankenstein the movie this one's fun for me uh, Frankensteining the movie is is going to be one of my favorite categories, favorite I don't know talking points on this podcast. Um, it is you take things from other movies and other p- pieces of pop culture and put them together to make this movie. It's kind of like if uh, for this one it could be if uh, Game of Thrones and and Braveheart had a modern Netflix love child. This is what it would be, something like that. So I'm going to give you mine because I, I appreciate this and I, and I put some thought into it. The costumes and the characters of Braveheart make sense. Uh, the desire for the throne from Game of Thrones because everyone's all about being king. Uh, the haircut from Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> the hair was already pretty bad. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe it was of the times, but I'm not sure why they took Chris Pine, who's like a, a Hollywood leading man, right? He's got the eyes. He's all, has the, the, the constant scruff. And they, they gave him a mullet. <laughs> we're going to give you a bowl cut, but we're going to stop like an eighth of the way through. And it's just mullet. And they, like the other guy had the full-out mullet. Prince, pr- I mean, full-out bowl cut. Prince bowl cut over there. <laughs> Prince bowl like cut. everyone had cool hair, right? They had the, all the cool beards. They had the red hair. They had uh, the, the wavy, curly Douglas hair. Like everybody looked awesome. The, the, uh, the Prince Edward looked like he was some kind of a Merlin guy. Like everyone had cool hair except for the two main fighters. They were mullet versus bowl cut. Well, the monks also had ridiculous hair, but that's but just again, the monks. That's, that's monks. That's they, they were only accurate. in it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the haircut from Billy Ray Cyrus, and I took tone and gore from 300. You know, when I was watching... Just wa- a lot of guys dying that you didn't really care about. When I was watching, it kind of reminded me of 300. They're, just without the mystical, magical elements of like giants and stuff. Like, well, I mean, you just said King Edward looked like Merlin. He did. Which he, he did. He, he looked like he wasn't Merlin. <laughs> we were going to make a movie about Merlin. <laughs> that guy would. That guy is definitely Stephen but, Delane. But basically, and, and I mean, you have to blame Thrones for this, Game of Thrones. There's like this new revival of like kings and medieval and old Scotland and uh, princes and, and, you know, the the bloodthirst for the throne and i think this kind of falls into that you you combine braveheart and thrones and 300 throw in a couple bad haircuts and you kind of get this movie that's fair that's fair if i were going to frankenstein it and redo it i would almost want the exact same movie okay but we get it entirely 
from James Douglas's perspective. <laughs> like, same movie, everything going on. So, like, instead of following Robert the Bruce when James Douglas uh, at petitions King mm-hmm. Edward, yeah, yeah. I want to follow him, see what the hell he was doing during well, that time. Where he took off to. And then, like, go right up to that trail, and then we meet. Because, I mean, that little sequence when James Douglas is at his family land taking it back Probably one of the best I, pieces of historical cinema I've ever seen. I, like when he when they when he gets in the chapel and then he just uh, again ruthlessly stabs the guy in the neck. Again, that's another just flex by Netflix. That I mean, it really is. Yeah, because that didn't even you didn't need that for the story at like, all. Like the, he literally said, like Robert the Bruce, I'm going to leave you now for a couple of days. I can I have five men? Can I have no? He said, I need, three, oh, need I need three. two or three men. And Robert the Bruce says, take five, which is like. You know, the equivalent of Rambo going in, like, I need one bullet. And they're like, ah, take 700 of them. Like, go get, make this as bloody as possible. And he gives the whole speech of, like, everything in my family's castle is yours. And then he lights it on fire and leaves. It was badass. It, it was, but it was so unnecessary to the story. Very much so. But again, that's what I'm saying. I want the movie to follow it's, him. It, like, it's when you're following your GPS, you make a turn too early, you see something cool. You see like a like a waterfall or something, and then you, you look at the waterfall you're like, oh, that that's cool. And then as you're getting back on like to the regular route, what do you say to everyone in the car? Well, if we didn't make that wrong turn, we wouldn't have seen that. Yep. It's like, oh, if we didn't make that wrong turn, which it was, it was unnecessary and wrong. Just added mileage added to your car. Nothing to the story. Just but, added time. But we wouldn't have seen that. <laughs> we wouldn't have seen him stab someone while praying in a tiny little chapel. That was ruthless. Ransack a giant feast. And then light it on fire and leave. I would go even further. That moment right there is what the Lord of the Rings film series needed. I uh, see. I haven't seen the, the. Oh, you mean? I uh, see. I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. I didn't like the movies. Loved the books. Did not like the movies. And uh, I, I get a lot of flack for that. It's like it's literally just eight hours, and they cut out ooh. all of the best parts. At, at least it took us forty minutes, thirty-five minutes to first insult a, a cinematic like. Masterpiece. I get so much flack for, it, but I, just, I, I don't. It's not Peter I'm, Jackson's I'm, strongest work. I'm not. I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. I don't. There's a lot that that they assume that I care about before I. They've made me care about it. That's my. Yep. Like all. Like everyone just automatically like, oh, the ring, and I'm like, wait a second. Let's get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Let's follow <laughs> that story first. Well, why? 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 And and. All right, so that's that's my nitpick there. Uh, let's go nitpick here. What is what was the biggest problem with uh, with this movie? If you if you could change just one thing, what was the big problem? Follow the timeline properly. You don't need. So you're saying the true story was good enough? Yeah, the, there's. I mean, I get what they were doing by having King Edward II, the Prince of Wales, at the Battle of Loudon Hill. Yes, and you didn't really need that for the story, though. The battle was barbaric enough, and and. Okay, I'm going to jump in now because my big problem, and it, and it couples with what I would have done differently, and maybe it's just because I'm so used to sports movies and, and me and you are both gigantic sports movie fans. During the battle scenes, outside of Chris Pine, outside of Douglas, and outside of Bullcut, and to a certain extent, some of the uh, the redheads, um, I had a really hard time identifying people. Yep. So I'd they're see covered in caked and mud and covered in caked and mud. They're not wearing uniforms, right? There's no. there's no like, hey, the guys in blue are good, the guys in red are bad. 
There would be like all out stabbings or like a giant axe swing that cuts through someone's throat. And I'm like, I don't know whether to be happy or sad that someone, I don't know if that was a bad guy or a good guy. So I, and the camera was, I know they were trying to make it feel like we were in the battle, right? It's down in the trenches and it's in the mud and it's shaky. And you know, when someone gets hit, it wobbles. I'm not sure if that was the best way to go about it. I think that's another thing where we've got the budget, so we're going to have – they only use like three or four cameras, but they went with a lot of steady cam work that like was costly, and it looks like it was costly, yeah. but it wasn't necessarily like I, required. I, I like that they had the, – the bad guys had horses, the good guys didn't, because then I knew that if someone was killed off of a horse, I was like, all right, whew. That's a, that, that's a win. Um, and I knew that if Douglas and or Chris Pine did the killing, cool, that's a win. All the rest, 50-50. People are dying. I don't know how to feel. Did, didn't know how to feel about it. Impressed by the, the cinematics of it, but no idea who was winning and who was losing. It, it, it would seriously be like if, if basketball was played with only one hoop and everyone wore the same jersey. Yes. Like you're not going it's not like one side scoring over here, here, one side scoring over there. It's like everybody scores on the same hoop and everybody's wearing the same jersey, same colors, no numbers, and I'm just like, "All right, the ball's going through. How do, do I cheer or do I boo? Like I don't know what to do here." I do wonder about it cuz Netflix is starting to get into theater distribution as well. So I can't help but wonder if that movie would have been better on a big screen in a theater. Like that's 100%. my thinking is they were planning for that to be the one theater distribution and you know let's throw our balls to the wall it it, that 100 percent, the sound would have been better right you would have hearing the screaming coming from like different parts of the theater would have been cool i don't have surround sound in my house i have a big tv but i don't have surround sound that's my other nitpick the sound the score in particular didn't do it for you Halfway through the movie, like for the first half of the movie, it's all organic. It's all music that's going on around them because, you know, you're in these camps, you're in the towns and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like there's like ceremonies. But it was cool. And- I was like, all right, let's, let's keep this going. See how we're going to work that into a battle somehow. You know, war drums and stuff. War drums. And then stuff, somewhere uh, at some point, there's like this cross between uh, – it was about halfway through the movie. I can't remember exactly what was going on. We start hearing this synthesizer, and I'm like – they definitely didn't have that in 1300 Scotland. It well, took me right out of it. I was like, ah, oh, come I'm, on. You were doing such a good job thus far. At, at, uh, I mean, I can't blame them for putting something in when they're doing like the long walk through Scotland. Yeah, because there's not music. I, I guess they could have had like, you know, some character. Like I said, Chris Pine needed to surprise me. He needed to sing. Pan flute. Yeah, he needed to, to bring out some Scottish bagpipe. And and be like, and my men don't walk in silence. Also, I don't remember any bagpipes in the score at all. Yeah, I, a lot I don't. Of that might and wind instruments. But that no might bagpipes. be one of those things that we all equate with Scotland, but they were actually. When, the, when was the bagpipe? The invented? bagpipe was actually invented in like 1860 or something like that. We just we just assume that it was a, a long time. Um, <laughs> I, I I didn't hate the lack of bagpipes. Bagpipes. I'm not a huge bagpipe guy. Oh, I didn't hate it it just kind of and and now now i'm now i'm going down a hole i'm gonna find out when bagpipes were invented because i feel oh bagpipes were around then but uh they were invented in 1000 bc so bagpipes, bagpipes? were an option so wow. why didn't they have bagpipes they had synthesizers which definitely were not also invented. there weren't a lot of plaid kilts that's true. There was a lot of blue, though. There was like just just dull wool dresses on men. 
blue or yeah there were a lot of men wearing dresses which i mean, i guess that's the time but dresses again dresses and leggings in my mind i associate dresses and leggings well, it was a little chilly i had to wear leggings and didn't know if a yoga was going to break out um <laughs> you got robert the bruce drinking a pumpkin spice latte it's okay well he did they did uh, make fun of the wine they did did you catch that they like right before they're ambushed him and his wife one of the most ridiculous scenes he's a Oh, I wasn't able to get a proper goblet. And he passes her like a, uh, a coffee a mug, like a mug. clay mug. And she takes one sip of it and goes, or proper wine. And they both laugh. It's like, okay, maybe these people that they have uh, painted for us as these upstart, gritty, rugged underdogs are just as bad as the royal family they're shooing against. They just want to be in power. They're just as uppity and, and, and you know, royal esquire, Robert the Bruce. I mean, she says, the, the wife says, I may not have seen anything, but a woman of my stature gets to read often. That sounds like shelter. That sounds very sheltered. Like, how is she going to be a queen of the people? And then she's just like, yeah, I'll support you, Robert. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go and murder everyone. It just, it, it, like, they paint Robert the Bruce and his wife and his family and his brothers as like these gritty... Like, if it were modern day, they would have grown up poor in and out of foster care, uh, fantasizing about their dad. Which if, is funny, because Robert the Bruce was heir to the crown. Exactly. These guys were, they kind of were what they were fighting against. They just would rather them be on top than this other family on top. Like, 100%, and, and I don't know if this is how it plays out true, but 100%, as soon as they became king and queen... They were going to start collecting taxes. Yeah, I mean that's kind of your first. Order they were going to they were going to tax the crap out of the English, who they just fought against because they were taxing the Scottish. They're no different. It's a cycle. That's right. History just repeats itself again and again and again. You kind of already did this, but uh, it, was there an obvious sequel that you think should be played? You want you want the sequel to be following Black, Black Douglas? Douglas. Um, I was thinking, and I wrote this down here. Um, I wanted to see Robert the Bruce after he won that battle, the quest to get his daughter back. Yeah, because they kind of just like, yeah, they, Marjorie's they, waiting on yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, oh, we got her back a couple a couple of months ago. Now we got to get, get you in a prisoner exchange. Like, like I, I feel like Robert the Bruce was a was a was a badass warrior, right? Was the 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 angry, the the mean, the the killer, the didn't feel any pain. He was a little Maximus from Gladiator, like. And I wanted him to get the, just that, I'm a father to a murdered wife, uh, or a father to a murdered daughter. I am a husband to a captured wife, and I will have my vengeance. Like, I, I, I want him to just get aggressively angry and hurt that he wasn't there with his family. And, you know, up until this point, every decision he made actually seemed like, or it was painted like it was for the better of Scotland, right? He let his... his daughter and wife get captured and wasn't going on a rampage to go get them. He was, uh, you know, putting his brother's lives at risk. He was uh, pl pleading loyalty to other guys and, and, you know, doing things against his moral code, all for the betterment of Scotland and his people. I wanted to see him. I want to see the sequel where it's not like, okay, I've conquered Scotland. I've conquered England. I am the, the king. Everybody recognizes me as such. Now I want to go on a one man personal, uh, Liam Neeson in Taken. I'm going to get my daughter back. I don't care what it takes. 
Douglas, you got my back. Let's roll, me and you, on horses until I have my daughter in my We home. got this. We don't even need five men. Just you and no, I, just man. Douglas, you know, you look backwards on a horse. I look forward on a horse. And, and we kill a lot of people until I get Marjorie. That's what I wanted to see. That's my sequel. It was the best part anyway of this was when he kind of got his hands dirty. Right? I didn't like all the diplomacy where they were trying to negotiate and stuff. When they're digging that trench. <laughs> and and he's, uh, he's so one guy shows up uh, here to help Robert the Bruce. Where is he? And he's digging, digging the <laughs> he's trench. He's digging. He's like, yeah, you, you can come help. <laughs> yeah. Get come down dig. here. What are you yeah. doing? Um, yeah, we, we need to. And I also kind of wanted to see him do the, the, the Spartacus of assembling troops. You know how Spartacus goes around and like burns down the town and gets 10 more slaves. Then he goes to the next town and he burns it down and they get 20 more slaves. And suddenly they have this gigantic slave rebellion where there's a billion of them. I kind of wanted to see him <laughs> go around Scotland because they went to that beach where they had the, the, the gray beard guy that was like, we're not doing this again. And then he eventually did it again. Yeah. I wanted to see that where they just assemble steam and assemble steam and then take on England. In particular, when the uh, McDougals attacked him, ah, they yeah, show yeah. that he only had like a handful of men. At that point, he had an army of like 500. Oh, and in the movie, he had 40, 50. Yeah. So like, I mean, he... Yeah, he, I wanted to see the assembly. I wanted to get the shots of them walking into a valley where they take up the whole valley. I mean, 500 against 3,000 is still... But it's a huge difference between 50. Yeah, Exactly. That's 450 I mean, if more, you have that's... three of your buddies in a bar fight, you're going to feel a lot better if you're going up against nine, ten guys than if you have just you. Yeah. Like, there's a gigantic... like that's Unless a, you're ex- James Douglas. And if you're James Douglas, I actually think the other friends would just get in the way. Yeah, that's right. You turn around, get out of here. That's... No, you need help. There's nine of them. I'm accidentally uh, going to stab you. It's no, going to happen. Everyone, on, everyone around me, I'm going to kill. I, I would like to not do that to you. Uh, you have my loyalty. Ah, Douglas! Um, Shouts his own last name. Love it. <laughs> um, last thing here about the movie. Uh, rate it out of a 1,000. And we're going to do this for every movie. We're going to keep track. There's a whiteboard here in the studio. Uh, rate it out of a 1,000. And then um, what we're going to do is just me and you, we're going to rate it. We'll average them out. We'll put it on the board. And then every movie we do here on the podcast will either be, based on that rating, better or worse. Okay? And, and it'll be... You know, obviously, this will be in first place coming out of this, but we'll we'll see how it how it fares against every other movie we do. And at some point, we may have to go back and do like some classic movies, you know, uh, Ghostbusters or whatever, just to get some reference points for our rating yeah. system. Um, but I'm going to be honest; I was tough on this movie. I think you may like it a little better than I did. I had a lot of a lot of things that I was picking apart. So should I go first, or should you go first? You go first. Five eighty seven. Five eighty seven. Yeah, I definitely liked it more than you did. But also, I, I'm I'm a tough grader. Like, it, it's it would have to. I guess I could get this out of the way since it's our movie podcast. My favorite movie of all time is Goodwill Hunting. What do you give that? I'd probably give it like a 900. Because I I still am optimistic that my socks could be blown off in an otherworldly yeah. way, and and I want there to be room to grow. So when I say 587, that's you know that's above average because if my favorite movie of all time is 900, average for me is 450, right? So this yeah. is firmly on the right side of movie watching. I don't think this is a movie that if Netflix ever uh, sells it to cable, if I'm flipping through and I see The Outlaw King, I don't know. There's only a few scenes that I would stop and watch. It gives me an idea. 
What is that? Well, you know, like when you watch like The Breakfast Club on TV and it's edited for television and they just start replacing weird words. <laughs> what would you even do for this movie? Like This movie would be 27 minutes long. Like You'd just have to cut out so much. It would be, it'd be all the diplomacy, which is all I don't like. Well, I mean, it's going to be on Netflix. It's going to live on Netflix forever. When I'm, you know, bored Sunday in the middle of the summer, there's no baseball game on that I want to watch. Um, and I'm flipping through Netflix looking for a way to kill two hours. And the Outlaw King scrolls by. I don't think my cursor is going to stop. I think I will have enjoyed it uh, if a friend sees it or asks me, oh, should I watch so it? So you're saying there's not a lot of rewatchability. There's not rewatchability, but also like, like I think once you see it once, you get it. I don't think I'm going to go watch it again and, and you know find another Easter egg or go, oh my gosh, that character, I didn't realize I, I love them so much now. Um, like with, with Goodwill Hunting, Obviously, Matt Damon and Robin Williams you love from the beginning. The more I watch it, the more I like Ben Affleck's character. And even now that I've seen it probably 100 times because it's my favorite movie of all time, Casey Affleck's character is is jumping up to the top of the list for me. I don't see myself watching Outlaw King and 10 years from now going, you know what? Redbeard guy. <laughs> Angus. <laughs> is that his name? I think it's Angus. I called him Redbeard the whole time. Or you know what? I actually kind of dig Prince Bullcut. Like that's no, he was nuts. Like there's, there's, or like I can appreciate a nuts character. He was like, I don't have to like the character as like a person to like the character. Frat guy at the party who's had way too much to way, drink, and way, somebody needs to cut him off. Who has a really high tolerance and has had way too much. Yeah, and is just getting to the point now where they want to arm like wrestle. Somebody needs to stop. Like him. The, he's, he's the, fighting the, small children. They're, they're like uh, misses a pong shot and knocks all of the beer off the table over in disgust type anger. Yep. Uh, because they think they lost when it was the second shot of the and game. And there was no real baseline with him. He started the movie like... Well, that I, I have no problem bad. with that either. And, and that's part of my reason that I hate title slides, right? Like, they very quickly, when they had Robert the Bruce prudging his fealty, then he walked outside and this guy was being a jerk. He was doing the whole, fight me for 10 pounds or whatever. Like, you very quickly know, oh, that guy's a jerk. That guy's annoying. I don't like him. I'm not going to be rooting for him in this movie. Like, you can do that quickly. And they did that quickly with him. And then when he grabbed the two swan and was, by these two swans, I shall... Like, like that doesn't even make any sense. Oh, it makes absolutely no sense. But it's just there to make us know he's who That's we're rooting unhinged. against. Robert the Bruce is going to kill 35 people, and he is still significantly better than this guy with the bowl cut. So, so... I don't think I'm going to come back and be like, oh, you know what? There was nuance to his character. <laughs> like, I'm not going to watch this again and say, uh, those battle scenes, now I know everybody who's dying correct. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of haphazard in the battle scenes. The characters are what they are. I wasn't surprised by anything crazy. Um, so, 587 out of a grand. That's fair. What are you looking at? Yeah, I went higher. Uh, I gave it an 876. Okay, so I think what we're establishing now, and this is good to establish on the podcast, is if this were American Idol, you're Randy Jackson, I'm Simon Cowell. Yes, that's fair. You're, you're, as long as I'm not Paula Abdul. You could be, Paul, you could be I don't know, Steven Tyler. Get some more scarves. Um, or uh, I don't, they've had a bunch of judges. Like a Katie, you could be Katy Perry. Hey. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think I, I will be the tougher grader. But you will be a little bit more lenient. However, we're going to average them out. This is also a scenario what? where we started with a historical drama, so it's already kind of a soft spot for, for me. You said 876, is that what you said? Yeah, and I'm probably not being incredibly fair. There's pro I probably could go lower. Hey, no, 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 no. But there, there's I no, stand by my walk, 876. We don't I enjoyed walk it. Back. 
Okay, so that gives it a total of 731. But I'm with you. It do, we, definitely... do we round up? 731.5, we'll leave it at. 731.5. 731.5. Yeah, we're going to need decimals. We're going to watch over a thousand movies. <laughs> we're going to have to. The, and, uh... and there could be ties. Who knows? If it ever comes down. If it does, that's ridiculous. Why we put it out of a thousand so there wouldn't be? I think you're really on to something with the rewatchability. It's not something. I, d- I don't think there's levels to it. I like, think it's a cool movie that you watch. It's it's almost like a modern, um, like a superhero movie, right? Like Robert the Bruce was the superhero of that time. You turn your brain off. You learn a little bit. There's explosions. There's fighting. Horses die. There's a crazy guy, and then you leave, and and you're. You're pleased with your decision to watch the movie, but you're not like, I have to run and tell everybody. To me, it's kind of like Schindler's List in that. I Schindler's think List a, to me, is it was a better movie. I think, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Schindler's List would fare much higher. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things where. Just for the boy in the, it's in important, the, in the pooper you, alone. You learn something. I'm not watching Schindler's List on a Saturday. It's too heavy. It's, it's not like like I said at the beginning. It's not a fun watch. You, you walk out with it's your coffee. Someone sitting <laughs> sitting with a muffin. What you watching? Oh, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out. Oh, uh, yeah. What's up? What is it? Schindler's List. Yeah. Like I'm not. I've seen it. I don't need to see it a thousand more times. There's no rewatchability. But I think it was. But there an were watch. there were no wild haircuts in Schindler's List. There was no mullet. There was no bowl cut. So I'm saying. So Outlaw King has a leg up. There it has a leg up. Um, I'm going to go into my hairstylist and show him the Outlaw King. I want something like this. So the <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. Straight in the front, short up top, long in the back. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, it's Billy Ray Cyrus. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, <laughs> 731.5 for Outlaw King on the inaugural Tim Donnelly Show Presents Movie Night featuring big movie guy Nate that's what you're called on this podcast. Big movie guy, Nate. Big movie guy, Nate. Uh, I'm Tim Donnelly, and, and that's just about it to wrap it up. We'll be back sometime with another movie. We'll take you through the categories. We'll have a good time with it.